Hi, I'm Leslie Parmeter from Climate Performance Partners, and I welcome you to the Climate Connect podcast, where we share valuable insights from the eye care business world with optometrist owners and staff members to help address challenges, achieve their goals, and transform their practice. In today's episode, I'm joined by two of our network partner managers from Eyes on Shepherd in North York, Ontario, Clinic Operations Manager, Brittany Codrington, and Optical Manager, Jason Barrett. Welcome, and thank you both for joining me today on our Climate Connect podcast. Thank you for having us. Today, we're going to focus on your company culture and both your practices, brand and employee brand, which I understand have come a long way since you partnered with Climate Performance Partners back in 2019. How did the work on the culture at Eyes on Shepherd get started and what prompted it? We'll start with you, Jason. I think, to be honest, on the climate side of stuff, it was the owner, Dr. Kerry Salzberg, was keen to join up. Um, I had been with the practice a few years already and Britt had maybe been there a year or two, I guess. What kind of happened was we met with people who were quite inspiring at climbing. We met with other managers that were going through the same things, but they had solutions for us. We kind of brought that back and I think we did look at the performance of our teams and through that then we got a boost in culture. We were given the tools to kind of have trickier conversations and to learn how to to coach people out if they're not beneficial to the day-to-day morale. As a nice surprise, it came with getting the people who didn't want to put the full effort in anyway. I think from there then we had that culture and we were like, okay, what can we do to cultivate this? Like, how do we continue this? Do you feel like that was your main issue? Just having some staff members who just weren't on board with the culture you were trying to create? Not necessarily. It was a functioning business. Like it's a 50-year-old business. So it had been doing this a long time before us. But I think for the kind of targets that Brit sets for us and the kind of business that she envisages for the whole package, I think we've made ourselves a lot more elite. Whereas I think we were quite mom and pop before have the odd thing not paid on time or all that, all the smaller stuff that would happen with Opticals. A lot of that's been cleaned up. And I think we got excited. We joined Kleinman. We had the benchmarks. We saw what we needed to grow and improve. Us as a the management team was very excited about that. And for us, we're like, okay, so what do we do next to get to this benchmark? And what do we next to do that benchmark? And then we realized, okay, well, if we're so excited, we can't run this clinic with the four of us being pumped up and have all this adrenaline. Then we realized, okay, we now have to bring that energy to the staff because if the sure. staff gets excited, then it's like it all trickles down. We're like, okay, well, we can't just do it ourselves. What do we need to do to get the staff in there? And it wasn't that we yeah, had some that like didn't want to be there or whatever. Maybe they just didn't know what they were striving for because we didn't really know what sure. we were striving for. So I think once that light bulb kind of went off in our heads, we're like, okay, now let's figure out what we can do to get everyone else excited so we can all be happy. So you got to share with us, Brittany, what did you and Jason do to get your team fired up? Well, I think we were lucky and we had a good bunch of people that were kind of already fired up. I hire a good chunk of the staff. Now when I'm like looking in, I look for people that have that energy that we want before we're just like, okay, you're a great worker. Great. We really don't want just <laughs> right. great workers. We want people with personalities. Then our hiring changed because then I'm like, oh, I don't need someone that can sit down on the desk and like type 90 words per minute. That's great. But if someone does 50, but they have a great personality and they're really, their heart's in with the patient and everything else, I was like, okay, we can teach them to move faster. But this personality that they have is what I really want for our patients and for the rest of our staff. 
I think that's kind of the growth in that and how we kind of got there. That makes sense. It sounds like you completely changed your hiring process and moved to choosing hires for personality over skill set. Since personality, especially as it relates to patient interaction, is what you want most in a team member. Let's face it, you can teach skills, but you can't change someone's personality. Right, right. So I know you all did some work with Climate consultant Dr. Gina Marie Wells surrounding your practice's mission, vision, and values. And some of that led you to do some work around your core values and creating a new mission statement to reflect the values of practice owner Dr. Carrie Salzberg, plus the values of the team as a whole. Tell us about that process and why it was so meaningful for you all to do that. Yeah, I think once again, it was like one of those organic things where we're just like, okay, we've kind of like opened up the new office, or we've got a good handle on our staff. And then I think we're actually at a climate meeting, and everyone's talking about their core values. And like, we're trying to figure out what we can do more for the staff. And then I was like, we don't have a mission statement <laughs> or core values. So it kind of like hit us in the head like that. And we're like, we now need to do that because right. I'm like, what are we teaching them to hold on to and think about every day? I'm like, there's nothing there. Luckily, we've had a great group of people that kind of knew what they are, but they weren't defined. So then we just then took that time to actually sit down and define a statement and then their, yeah, our values. Was it easy for you all to get aligned with that mission statement and values as a team? Jason, I'd love to hear your perspective on this one. Well, it was very straightforward, right? So seven years with Brit and over 10 years with Kerry. I think if whether we were able to articulate it so well or not, we still had the same feelings and beliefs or we wouldn't be working together. You might get away with that, in my opinion, for a year or two. But eventually, if you're still going left and someone's going right, it's going to it's going to kind of pull things apart. So I think for us, tasks seem more overwhelming because we gave it gravity. We knew this was important through climbing that we were able to see, right, this is actually a tool as well. You know, you can you can use this in so many different fashions. So I think when we got that excitement with it, we just wanted to get rolling. And then Gina Marie's just got us together. I suppose we had maybe 40 words blurted yeah. out. Yeah. And um, she somehow made something out of it and came back to <laughs> us. And through all of her rambling and everything, she had something a bit kind of concise. And from there, it then just kept improving and improving and back and forth. And just the, the care was excellent. It was in real time. And I think that helped the experience because, you know, everyone's busy. And I can see why people wouldn't do it or say, look, I'm the core values. I'm here. Like people know what I would do. So they would do the same. It just doesn't work that way. Do you know? What were the values which you all agreed upon for the practice in regard to patient care? The two main ones, we wanted to have empathy and compassion as, I guess, cornerstones because we've got four of them. But it's something that we know we do anyway. And I think it's something we're known for. I know this kind of sounds a bit cheesy, but it does give me a sense of pride that I think for the most part, we do try and do the right thing in any situation. You know, it's not always a financial setup. I think having that in there was important, but it, it didn't make the first draft, actually. We added it afterwards, but it felt like it kind of tied everything else in for us. Um, I think the other thing in regards to our patients was just remembering that it, it is a relationship and it is about commitments. Anyone can buy glasses. You can do that online. Same with contact lenses. Making sure you've got a doctor that's available when you're in trouble or, you know, making sure that when you break those glasses, there is someone available and stuff like that. I think I'm lucky because I work for someone who believes this anyway. 
if you're going to do a 30 or 40 year relationship with someone, right, you might have to pay for a frame in 2017 and bite the bullet. But look over the span of it. They have wives and they have kids and all of these people are going to come in. So it's just kind of remembering it's gotten us this far, you know, over 50 years we have grandparents and parents and kids all in for the same eye exams. And it's not an infrequent occurrence. You know, it's nice to see those kind of things. Yeah, I get it. You're seeing many multiple generation families and you want to take care of them because your patients matter to you. Yeah, it is a relationship. I think that changes a lot of how you can view things. You know, it's it's not anyone's fault, but you can get busy and kind of start viewing things a bit transactional. And it does change your approach to how you're going to help someone. Whereas I think if you are looking at a relationship and going, look, am I making the right decision that they'll want and appreciate in two years time, as opposed to what's the most expensive thing here? It definitely seems to resonate with our patients. Let's talk about the employer brand that you've created at Eyes on Shepherd. As a workplace, what are your core employer values and has sharing those with potential employees helped you get quality hires? I think I know the answer based on some things you've already mentioned, Brittany. Yeah. So after our core values and mission statement, then I kind of did an exercise on like what I need to do to revamp our hiring to make sure we are finding the staff that then align with our values. One of the things is customer focus. Like, are they empathetic? Are they positive people? That growth mindset, wanting someone that wants to learn more, not even grow with the business, but just grow as a person. Some of the questions I ask, I'm like, when I ask like what your three-year plan is, like, I don't care if it's work-related. Like, even if it's like, I just want to work here so then I can go to school or I just want to work here so I can learn more about this area. So then later I can then do research work. We've had a lot of staff members that have gone on to more advanced things like clinical research. We have two staff members that are actually going to optometry school. That excites us. I'm like, sure, we're losing them. But, you know, like we were there to help, I guess, get, get them, them started. That. Yeah, get them started. And then, yeah, people that have initiatives. We're a very busy practice. Jason and I might not be available at any moment. So we want to give staff the responsibility or be able to kind of think from themselves. And sometimes they don't make the best sure. decisions, but they're yeah, <laughs> but like they're people, but I want them to kind of go that step and be like, Hey, based on our values and the mission statement, I'm going to make a decision based on this. And that has been very helpful. Has empowering your staff based on your practices, values that you have set up, has that worked out for you in a positive way? Um, there are some people that like, don't want to be empowered or they don't want to do, yeah, freaks them out. Giving them the ability to make their own decisions sometimes freaks them out. And sometimes that's okay. If you just want to do data entry and that, that makes you happy, then I'm going to give you a position that you will thrive right. in, right? So my last couple of interviews, everyone's like, oh, you're very transparent. And I was like, yeah, I don't want you to sign up for this and then just be like, oh, this isn't what I was thinking of. Or like when you come in a receptionist, some people just think they come in, you sit down, you check people in, you check them out. This isn't that kind of clinic. You're walking over, you're greeting them, you're, you remember, you can remember their name. Maybe you're going to offer them some coffee. If they have a problem, you're going to solve their problem before you go to the doctor. You are actually using a lot of your brain cells. Sounds like they need a lot of people skills. Yeah, you people skills. I'm like, so if that's not the job you're looking for, then this isn't the right place for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's great that you're transparent and it seems like it's worked out pretty well for you there. Yeah, it weeds everyone out. Right. It weeds out the people that are not a fit. So way to go. So here's our last question to both of you. Which element or exercise 
do each of you feel was the most valuable one that you've learned in creating a workplace culture you're proud of? Jason, let's start out with you. I think strangely, COVID and lockdown gave us an opportunity to kind of have a breather. Do you know there's that saying, you're building a plane while you're flying? Do you know, like Bridge started and kept going up and up and up in levels and just taking on more work. Before we knew it, we were running like so much of that operations, but like we'd never set down and made a plan or rules or anything. So the old learner should go stand by, right? Yeah, I think having that time off, even though we were still working and stuff and working from home and getting stuff together for the new practice, it did give us a kind of chance to say, look, what are we up to? And I think the two of us made a commitment to each other. We were like, look, we've all really liked working with each other. We've all really liked working here. I I wasn't like a blood pact or anything, but it was like, (laughs) we give this a proper goal. And it was like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. You know, and it's like, okay, if we're going to do it, like, what are we looking for? I'm sloppy as hell. So Brit was like, we need a real HR. Do you know, we need contracts. We need everyone locked in. I need to know all this stuff. I think for me, I had a belief that a group bonus or or something like that was definitely going to work for us. Interviewing a lot of people, we were trying to sell them on the culture and the good working environment, which is why a lot of people would kind of rank as their favorite things about working here. We were competing with that with financial sides and like, having a bonus where people can really contribute to it and like see it on a daily basis and i think that's helped a lot we were hoping it would tie in a bit of a a sense of community and it definitely seems to have it's helped connect the dots for a lot of people because it's not anyone's fault that they don't understand the business they're hired to work for one and sometimes they don't see that the things that they're doing can lead to such bigger things and i think stuff like daily bonuses and stuff like that has definitely helped them kind of go okay if i do this today I see this instant reward as opposed to like a more abstract thought. Yeah, right. Thanks, Jason. Now, Brittany, which element or exercise do you feel was the most valuable one in creating a workplace culture you're proud of? I'll think more on the personal side of things. Way at the very beginning, we were working with Johanna and Jean Marie. We did disc assessments. The whole management team had done one. And at that time, I've kind of only been with the team for maybe like a year or so. So I really wasn't sure of who I was as a man. <laughs> so when we did the disc assessment, it was like self-affirming. I was like, yeah, I know I have all these qualities and all this stuff here. Okay, well, these are the areas that I personally knew where I could improve on it as well. So it kind of highlighted to me how I communicate to people. But then it helped me think, okay, is that actually effective? Do people get it? I remember the one time I actually went to Jason and I was like, hey, how do I bond with your team? (laughs) I'm not working with them every single day just because our tasks are completely different. What do I do to help get in there? (laughs) He was like, just saying hello and good morning. Oh, okay, great. Like it's all these simple things. I am aware of how I present myself, but then how I was presenting it to other people, I was kind of not 100% not so, sure aware. so aware of. So then, so like, yeah, working with Jason and the rest of the team was helpful because I was able to get that feedback right away. But then also kind of the disc assessment, like I wasn't taking that as like exactly what I need to be doing, but it was just, it just kind of went, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the disc assessments are certainly a good guideline. Yeah, it's a good guideline of how I want to show up as a manager in the future and then how everything else kind of trickled or I was like, okay, so I love organization. Let's get HR in there. I could see where we the little pockets that need to be filled. Yeah. Exercise that kind of highlighted of where to start. <laughs> right. 
It seems like so many things have had to come together to create a culture that your whole team enjoys. And both of you brought up many different aspects today. And we really appreciate both you, Brittany, and you as well, Jason, for sharing your workplace culture journey with us today on the Kleinman Connect podcast. It was fun. I'm glad you thought so. And now to summarize what we talked about today for our audience, a great place to start building your employee culture is to design a mission statement and decide what values are important to your practice, not only for your team, but also for your patients. It provides a compass of conduct for all employees. Disc assessments can be a very valuable tool for team leaders to learn how to be effective in that leadership role. And hiring methods matter when it comes to filling a position with the right person. Aizan Shepard learned that being transparent about job positions and what a given position really involves has been well received by job applicants. And when deciding on a potential employee, Brittany puts an emphasis on choosing an individual based on their personality over choosing someone based on just their skill set. In doing that, those hired have been a much better fit with the practices team. We hope this podcast was helpful to you, and we have a treasure trove of resources for our optometric practice partners at KleinmanConnect.com. If you're not a member and you would like to know more about us and access all kinds of valuable information that can help you grow your practice, visit us at Kleinman.com. I look forward to connecting with you again next month for our next Kleinman Connect podcast, always released on the first Wednesday of each month. To access any of our other podcast episodes, simply click on the podcast button at Kleinman.com. Remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. Catch you next time.